Welcome to the Accelerant Podcast, where we are impacting thought leadership in the nonprofit community. there. Thank you for joining me on the show. I'm your host, Saranda West, Director of Product at Daxco. Today, I would like to introduce you to Samantha Dabritsky. Uh, Sam is the Executive Director of the Levitt JCC, and prior to that, she spent several years as the Director of Community Impact at the Birmingham Jewish Federation. Sam, thanks for taking the time to talk with me today. I know it's a head-spinning moment in our world, so I really appreciate, um, yeah, you're just taking the time. Of course, of course. Head spinning is a great way to describe it. So, <laughs> yes. So, tell, I guess start off and just tell us a little bit more about yourself. Sure. So, um, I started officially as the executive director at the Levitt JCC at the beginning of this year, January 1st. So, this is quite a way to ring in my first official year as executive director. But we are looking for the silver linings and and all of this situation and trying to make the best of it. Uh, Prior to being at the JCC, I worked for the Birmingham Jewish Federation, which is sort of a Jewish United Way. Basically, it's a fundraising agency, and we focus a lot on community relations and community impact. So that gave me a great background for being able to focus on what our JCC is doing in the community. Absolutely. And I guess to give some, for those listening, maybe after the fact, to give some context, it is Thursday, April 2nd, and it feels like I shouldn't have to say that, but right now I feel that everything changes within the hour. So I know that just as of this morning, what is the, just the state of the community in Birmingham right now? So due to COVID-19 and all the many ramifications of that virus spreading so rapidly, uh, with schools being shut down for the remainder of the school year, preschools and daycares being shut down, essential workers, uh, the Jefferson County Department of Health actually expanded the essential worker definition to include grocers and pharmacists and state and local, local government officials because because there is such a need for resources for those essential workers with all the preschools and daycares and schools being closed. So we have been mobilizing to aid the community from that perspective. So families who depend on the school lunch programs, who aren't able to access those, They're coming by and picking up food. We're delivering some food to senior centers as well. It has been amazing to me. If I were a really good numbers person, I feel like I could design a graph that would show the increased needs of food over the past two weeks has been exponential. I mean, shocking. The requests that we have gotten because there are agencies who serve as shelters who are completely out of food already. And in Birmingham, Alabama, we are 
two and a half, three weeks into this stay at home order. Uh, so uh, we are we are trying to gear ourselves up to really prepare for even more increased needs for food. And it, and I, to be honest, it has gotten more challenging. The first week was you know, restaurants were donating and people were dropping off donations and there was a lot of energy. And now as the anxiety surrounding this virus and what it means for the economy and people's individual financial situations, the donations have slowed down, which is understandable, but it doesn't remove the, the pressure of the needs of the Birmingham community. So the, the food service is part of that. And we plan to continue that as long as we can. Um, and then we have a program called Operation Cares, which is providing childcare for those essential workers. We're offering it through our preschool, which normally has room for over 200 kids. And given the CDC guidelines, we're accepting about 50 kids right now, and that's six and under. And then our camp um, is for older kids up to age 12. And and we are trying to take the anxiety away from those children, um, especially because their parents are on the front line, you know, fighting this virus, trying to serve the community in a number of different ways. And we just want to provide them with a fun experience at this time. Everybody needs a little fun in their lives right now, and kids especially, especially when their worlds have been turned upside down with no school. So... Really, that's how we're responding to the needs of the community. And I just, the anxiety and the, the fear of this uncertain time is, I mean, we all know it's unprecedented, but it's just hard to put into words how that's affecting Birmingham and I'm sure everywhere in the U.S., Right. Yeah. That just breaks my heart for the kids. I was listening to actually another podcast and, you know, everyone I think is just trying to deal with everything that's coming at them right now. And, you know, we have people, obviously there are people dying from the virus. And so that is traumatic as well. But then the, you know, like kids not going to school seems trivial compared to those other things. But for them, like it, it's all they know, right? It's all they've ever known. And just their, like you said, their poor little worlds have just been turned upside down and, and they feel it. Uh, I know as a parent, I've been trying to, you know, explain to my kids what's happening to know, to be a child and to know that your parents are out there. What it, and what everyone is describing is scary. And it just, I can't imagine. I know it breaks my heart too. And even on the parent perspective, I mean, parents who are not essential workers, but who are at home are being expected to parent their kids, teach their kids and also work um, and keep up with the responsibilities. So, you know, maybe the definition of essential worker is expanding. I don't know what that looks like from a health department perspective, but I mean, my heart my heart breaks daily for all the needs and the the trouble that people are facing. Also really full too, because to see the community coming together in this way right now is just so moving. I mean, really it is. Absolutely. And what is the, what is like the preschool and the, um, the camp look like in terms of, are you having to go through separate or I guess different from a, contact standpoint, six feet, like if you haven't just reimagined the whole thing? 
Yes. <laughs> um, I have a one-year-old and I can't imagine trying to keep him six feet away from another baby, but we are working really hard to make sure that we are following the CDC guidelines. We've been approved by the health department to have both of these programs going on and we have very low ratios both in the preschool classrooms and in the areas that we are having camp. So we have two babies in a room instead of six. Um, and, you know, I think the maximum amount of kids that we have in a space is, is six kids. So that is so that we are able to keep them six feet apart and we are measuring out that six feet and we give them their little area and they're contained in that area and we, we clean and disinfect and we're, we're following all the guidelines. But it definitely presents some unique challenges that uh, when we started this process, we didn't necessarily anticipate or go through in our heads what that looked like. So we're rolling with the punches and, and figuring it out um, as we go. But it's hard to keep kids six feet away from each other. And it's hard to explain to them why they need to. You know, they don't, they don't understand what this really means, especially the, the babies and the little ones. But it's, it's interesting to hear their interpretations of, of why they need to be six feet away from each other. <laughs> so, oh, bless them. Yeah. Go go back just uh, real quick to the to the food cert, like to the food part. And I know you said that and and totally understand too with I think everyone is just so much uncertainty like how can I fan financially provide for my family in terms of giving what does that look like in terms of how you've operationalized the food is you mentioned donations from restaurants how else are you getting donations and for that operations so, care we have asked people if they're not comfortable going to the store to make a financial donation to us and we will go out and buy what we need. Um, we have also purchased some meals from restaurants at cost, mm -hmm. which has been, is still very generous of restaurants to be offering that to us. And we are trying to avoid handling food as much as possible from a virus spread standpoint. So we prefer prefer to have those meals, but we're for, you know, with the meal, we pass out a snack bag with uh, perishable and non-perishable snacks for kids. And so the donations of actual food and product help us provide that for the kids so that they have something to take home with them. And yeah, that's, that's generally how we're going about donations. We do have a drop box at the front of the JCC, so you don't have to come inside. You can literally roll down your window and put it in the box. Um, you don't have to have human contact. But uh, we do have volunteers here every day working on putting the food together and, and packaging it and handing it out. And I've really been amazed by the amount of people who are willing to come out and help during this time. That's great. And in terms of, I, I noticed actually on your, your website for the J that you have, like the lobby is, is open for donations. Like what kind of response have you seen volunteers or even just donations during this time? Yeah. I mean, we have had so many donations, which is 
amazing. And we've used almost all of them at this point. And we're hoping that we'll get in some more through the rest of the week so that we can continue to provide the snack bags, which have fresh fruit in them, which we know is so important from a nutrition standpoint. Um, We're also doing a PPE drive, a personal protective equipment for medical professionals because the healthcare professionals who are being asked to put their lives on the line and to not have any protection to do so, I think is criminal. So we are collecting masks, gloves, um, head covers, gowns, all of that equipment, and we're donating it through the health department to local hospitals in need. And I've been really surprised by the turnout with the PPE equipment as well. You know, people bringing masks that they may have bought when they had the flu two years ago. And that has made a huge difference because we do want to protect our healthcare workers during this time. Volunteers are so excited to get out of the house and have some interaction. Um, I think, you know, not only are we providing for the community in need, but also also those who desperately want to do something to help right now, but don't know how to help. And something that's really tough about being in the JCC business during this time is that everything we do revolves around human interaction. So it feels like we have been really crippled to offer our services. And I think that our community members, non-members, anyone who's familiar with the JCC recognizes that and is taking us up on these opportunities for human interaction in a, in a limited capacity because they, they want that. They know how important that is to their well-being as well. So there's a lot of people winning in this situation from the community efforts. And, you know, that has been, that's been unexpected from my end. I don't think I understood how helpless some people felt because I am in this every day. I'm here at the JCC. I'm working. So I haven't had that feeling of, gosh, I don't know what to do at this time. But a volunteer said that to me the other day, and it just really affected me because that feeling of not being in control and not being able to contribute in a positive way to a solution is really, um, is really hard. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that that's exactly where I am. Like in terms of, uh, and we were talking about this earlier from a, a DAXCO perspective. I mean, we provide software for like a JCC to check people in. You don't have people coming into your facility right now. Right. And so that's how I've been able to cope with it is just focus on how, what are the new things we can help build to provide that meaning. And it's, I hope it's helpful, but then it's also, that's a selfish on my part. I just want to help. What is, and I guess from a two, from like a, the other parts of the organization in terms of like a big part of the J is the coming in to work out the community aspect. What is that? Obviously the facilities are closed, but does that look like for you now? So it's funny, a staff member said this to me yesterday and I thought it was so perfect. You know, the JCC is so much more than just a fitness facility. And in our community, we fight the perception that we are just a workout facility. And it took the JCC having to close its fitness floor for us to be seen as something more than just a gym. And you know, that's, it's tough to walk through the halls of the JCC and have them be empty. 
But I think that, you know, this is a real learning opportunity for us uh, as JCC staff and, and even our volunteers and also for our members to understand, you know, what it is we offer the community apart from you know, their daily routine of coming in and doing a group fitness class and leaving. And it's easy when we, you know, get caught up in our day to day. And, you know, we walk into the JCC, we know exactly where we're going. We don't even look who's passing us in the hall because we're so focused. And this experience has really opened our members' eyes. And we have gotten so much positive feedback from our members. And even, you know, from a financial perspective, members saying, we are not going to cancel our membership because of what you are doing in the community. And that speaks volumes to me, especially in these uncertain financial times that people are willing to continue their membership that they are getting absolutely no services for right now, other than what we're providing virtually, which we are working really hard on, but they, they see the value and they understand the importance. And that is so meaningful. And I think, you know, says a lot about what the JCC stands for. Yeah. And, you know, I think one of the things we've all been in a lot of ways, I think grieving our, our, what our normal was and whenever normal comes back, it, it won't be the same. We'll go into a new normal. And how are you trying to figure out what that new normal is? Cause I think it is, like you said, an opportunity for people to see what you're doing in the community and that actually could look different um, two months from now. Yeah, I read this really interesting article in The Atlantic that basically talked about how humans become really creative in times of boredom and in times of slowness, which is definitely what a lot of people are experiencing right now. They're at home and they're having to come up with different ways to entertain their kids or, or entertain themselves or you know, find that, that value and connection with other human beings without being face-to-face with them. And I'm really looking forward to how we take those lessons and also the opportunity to have that creativity now. There are a lot of studies that show, you know, even just having your phone on the table, if you're trying to brainstorm, inhibits your ability to really think creatively. So removing like the distraction of work and the 24 seven, we've got to be on and the consuming of, of information constantly, I think will give us a real opportunity to sort of reinvent ourselves. And not, not that I think we needed reinventing from the start, but as you said, we are going to have to adapt to this new normal and what it looks like. And I'm excited about it. I really am. Um, I think this experience has shown us what's important. You know, there is a lot of value in a group fitness class and, you know, staying healthy from a physical perspective. But what is really important is the community that we've created and the opportunities that we're having to make a difference right now. That that is what gives the JCC its lasting power and the community. As someone who, you know, I would consider you working on the front lines as well. So how are you taking care of yourself and staying healthy um, during this time? That's going to make me cry. (laughs) You know, that's, that's been a challenge. I feel so much pressure. I'm sorry. I get emotional. 
I feel so much pressure from the needs of the community and the people that I'm hearing from who come to pick up the food, who are crying because they don't know how they're going to feed their kids over the next couple of weeks. And that is what keeps me going during this. I haven't seen my family much. Um, and that is because I'm driven to be here and to make sure that we are doing everything we can to help those who aren't able to be at home with their families during this crisis, or maybe they don't have a good family life, or they are worried about where their next meal is coming from. And I probably do need to be a little bit better about taking care of myself and making sure that, that, you know, our entire staff who is also on the front line and exposing themselves is also taking care of themselves. And next week is Passover, um, which is a, it's my favorite holiday, um, my favorite Jewish holiday. And, you know, the lessons of Passover, of commemorating the resilience of the Jewish people and also remembering a plague in the middle of a global pandemic is very relevant. <laughs> um, but I think we're all excited to take that time with our families. And, you know, Passover is going to be different this year because normally you have a big Seder and everyone's together and people are adapting and creating virtual opportunities for Seders. But I think that's really a time for us to reflect and, and understand what this situation means for us as a people, us as individuals, and reflect on the resilience that we have because it's easy to get discouraged during this time. So I'm, I'm looking forward to that, that little break and that spiritual injection, I guess, for lack of better phrase. <laughs> yeah, just, so, just a time to re-energize yourself. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So uh, Sam, in terms of like, if someone wants to learn more about how they can help the J during this time or volunteer or all of those things, like what's the best resource for them to go and follow up? So best resource would be our website, behamjcc.org. And we have a whole COVID-19 page that, that also has some virtual resources for our members or really anyone who wants to take advantage of them, but goes into detail about our Operation Cares efforts and the food service that we're providing. There's a volunteer link. There's a donation link. We've been putting out calls for donations, like specific items that we need on our Facebook and Instagram. And social media has just been a really great way for us to get the word out. Perfect. Perfect. Any, um, any final words for the people that may be listening to this and just in terms of what you're reflecting on or. Yeah, I think, I think it's really hard for us to find the beauty in this situation because it is so scary, but I do think that there are silver linings and, it's important for all of us to be looking for those silver linings so that we can stay mentally and, and even physically well. Um, I love seeing how many people are outside right now. When I go home, it's hard to even make it down the street in my car because there's so many people out and about walking, being with their families. And, you know, that's a very small silver, silver lining that not everyone has access to, 
but it's something that I think we need to hold on to at this point. And our silver lining at the JCC is being able to provide these services for the community and how much the community has supported us in these efforts, the willingness to help. And that is just really beautiful. It's really beautiful in a time where it doesn't feel like there's a lot of beauty. I encourage everyone to look for those. Absolutely. Thank you so much for all that you and your your team and your staff are doing for the community during this time. And if there's anything that DAXCO can be of help, please let us know. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for joining us on this episode of the Accelerant Podcast. To check out previous episodes, see the full list on DAXCO.com or your favorite podcast app.